It's always good. All right. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Fire Builders Live. My name is Josh Corporal. I am streaming live from Key West, Florida, and I have my very good friend, Jim McCarthy, on the show today. Jim, man, welcome to the show. Hi, everyone. Thank you very much for having me. <laughs> it is so great to have you here. Before we go into what you do, we're going to be talking about dancing and instruction, and you're in Singapore at the moment. Before we get into all of that, um, for those of you that are listening right now, if you're not familiar with how this show works, Fire Builders Live, we bring on experts. We take big topics, we break them down into small steps, things that you can do every day to improve. And today we're going to be talking about bachata. We're going to be talking about dancing. We're going to be talking about how to connect with students a little bit better. And Jim is the perfect person to do this. He's been living in Singapore for the last number of years, five years to be exact. He's a 2017 amateur bachata champion, uh, the SILF, which is the Singapore International Latina Festival. Is that right? That, yep, Latin, Latin Festival. Festival. Right. Yep. So he's also uh, a certified Lean Sigma, Six Sigma black belt. You've been working in the pharmaceutical industry for a while. You're a former U.S. Marine. You taught at a community college here in the States for six years. I mean, if anybody has been boots on the ground as far as teaching students, connecting with students, and being not only an expert in their field, but also an expert in how people learn, my man, it is you. So again, welcome to the show. Thanks, Josh. I'm really excited to be here. Yeah, man. So, okay. So let's get into it. Uh, first, it's just good to see you. I, I mean, we just so that everybody knows, Jim and I have been friends forever. I mean, really, yeah. since like since like seventh, eighth grade, something like that. That's right. And this is the first time we've actually seen each other in like 15 <laughs> years. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so, That's right. so so Jim, uh, so let's talk a little bit about where you are right now and what yeah. a typical day is in your life. And then we'll go into the teaching part. Okay. So I've been living in uh, Singapore for about five years now. And uh, it's, a, it's a beautiful country. Uh, it has an amazing culture. And so um, I just think it's an absolutely wonderful place to live. And uh, I'm, I just feel really blessed to, to be here, you know. Um, you know, so it's, it's, it's been a, it's been a really, really great experience. Yeah. That is all. I mean, cause I've, I've actually never been to Singapore, but I've heard you speak of it very, very highly. And, uh, man, it just makes me want to visit every single time we talk. Um, <laughs> so, so I think that's amazing. Now you've been there for five years. That's right. Yeah, that's right. And tell me a little bit about how you stumbled on of all things, Dominican bachata in Singapore. Okay, so uh, when I was very young, um, I lived in Puerto Rico, which was a which was a great experience. And so, uh, so just you know, experiencing a lot of the culture there, and uh, just experiencing you know, just seeing some of uh, this this dancing that I that that that, that was unfamiliar to me at the time. And then uh, when I moved back to the U.S. Uh, years later, um, I started uh, learning and taking some classes and things and in salsa and bachata and a few other dance styles. And then, you know, what's really neat about learning how to dance in particular is that, you know, when you move to a new place, it gives you an opportunity to really, you know, connect with people and meet people uh, because you have this common thing that you share, which is, you know, that you really enjoy dancing. And so I think that it's, uh, it's, 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 
you know, it's a, it's a great thing to learn that, you know, that, that, that not only you, know, you can connect with, with other people, you know, it's, it's great for your physical fitness. And so, uh, and when I came here to Singapore, I, I you know, I, I linked up with, uh, with some folks that I, that I met in the, in the, the local dance scene and, um, yeah. And I've been kind of, you know, dancing ever since. That's so, that's so <laughs> awesome because, because to be honest, I remember you and I going to places like Club Zoo back in the day, <laughs> right? Where where we would dance, and man, you always outdanced me even back then. Yeah, <laughs> and and so it's just so amazing to see the progression thus far. And you're right; like I also you know, traveled a little bit, and and trying to find those things in common, especially when you arrive in a new place and you're trying to make friends, and you're you know, and you and you start to you start to pick up on the fact that that uh, we all have something in common, just finding out what that is. And for you, the dancing, the Dominican bachata is such a cool way to connect with people. Uh, so, so once you started dancing, what, what's the road like to the 2017 amateur bachata championship? It's a, it's a lot of training. Uh, it's a lot of uh, um, uh, kind of, figuring things out uh, for the first time. Fortunately, I mean, I had an absolutely amazing dance partner. And uh, so she was able to kind of really, really, really help me a lot. And uh, and uh, we were able to kind of go through that whole process together. Um, it's a lot of work. Um, but um, and then, you know, when you get there, you get you get one shot. So it's 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 one of those things that you go on the stage and you're in front of hundreds of people and you know, you just, you, 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 you do your best to get it right in one take. And, um, and so it's, it's a really, really, I feel rewarding experience to just go through that whole process of, you know, developing your own choreography, choosing a, choosing a song that you're going to, to use, you know, choosing the outfits that you're going to wear, practicing, practicing, working through all the, uh, the different bits and pieces of it, practicing to perform it in front of other people, and then actually getting out there and, and performing it. So it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a really, really rewarding experience. And I'm, I'm really, really fortunate to have had a, a really, really a great uh, partner to, uh, to, to help me through that first experience. I can imagine. I mean, because it just like anything, if you, you know, if one partner is more committed than the other, or they have different ideas, you have different ideas of where you're going, then no, it doesn't matter how hard you practice. It's just never going to work out. But to have somebody that are on the same wavelength, two people that are on the same wavelength with it, uh, is is amazing. How how much how much preparation really does lead to something like this? A lot. It's a funny, it's, <laughs> you can see me kind of reflecting, right? <laughs> it's like, I, I would say it's um, uh, you know it's it's at least a, a a few months of work for sure. You know, I think I think for us it was something around four or five uh, months of work, and we would train anywhere from uh, two to three days a week, and then individually, you know, together, and then you know, um, on our own, it could be you know we were practicing probably on our own, you know, just about darn near every day. So it's, it's a lot of, it's a lot of training just to, to get ready for that moment. And then, you know, when you perform it, it's a, it's a two minute song, two minutes and 15 second song. And that's it. So that's six months of work, all that time, all the energy goes into two minutes on. That's right. So you just got to put it all out there in, in, in you know, your two minutes and, uh, and uh, just, just try to give it your all. And I feel like that's such a good analogy for, for life in general. I mean, there's so many situations where 
all of that prep work and you've got, you know, one shot, you've got one shot to prove, you know, what the hell you're doing, you know? Yeah, yeah that's so, exactly right. So, so uh, aside from, I mean, so the championship was one thing and then you guys won 2017 and then you started, Woo! you started to, you started to teach. Uh, did you, did, was the teaching just a natural progression from this? Because you've had all of these other teaching experiences previously and I'm curious as to how those helped you with what you currently do now. You, you know, I, I've, I've been, I've really been uh, lucky and fortunate and blessed to kind of meet people along the way, just really giving me, giving me a chance. And uh, there, there was a, so after that whole uh, competition, uh, continue to do some performing, uh, even, even, you know, went and did, did some more competition after that. Um, and, uh, I, I, I met someone, um, that I started working with him in before and on, you know, I, I joined his performance team. And, uh, when we first met, he said, um, he said, you know, do you have any other aspirations outside of teaching? And he said, would you, would you or sorry, any other aspirations outside of performing? I, he said, you know, would you want to teach? Would you be interested in other things? And I said, you know, I, 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 I really would, you know, if it's, if it's in the cards, I really would like the chance to teach someday. And he said, okay, okay, we'll see. You know, he just kind of, you know, and then a year later, Next thing you know, he's coming up to me and saying, "Hey, um, remember we talked that thing about, about, about teaching?" He said, "What do you think about doing that?" I said, uh, "So, uh, so uh, it kind of started from there." And uh, there's a lot of preparation for the teaching. There's a lot of uh, you know training. Uh, you're working with other instructors, you know, to kind of prepare yourself in um, you know the, the not only the structure of the class, but also in you know helping people learn and you know, kind of, kind of helping try to, you know, connect to other people. And so, you know, after, after, you know, some of that training, then you get out there and you'll, you start, you start doing it, you know, and, uh, and, uh, yeah, the, and you kind of, I think as time goes on, you get, you know, you get more and more experience. I would imagine, cause it's a, it's like that. My favorite quote of all time is the work teaches you the work. It's like, you don't really know what you're doing until you just go and do it and you, and you adapt you in the moment and you find out for yourself. Uh, and I would imagine that just the act of teaching at that point really up leveled your skills, like your, your personal skills as well. Yeah, it's, it's true. You know, when I, uh, when I, when I was teaching at the college in the U S I, um, when I first started, uh, uh, teaching there, my, the best advice that I got in teaching was my, from my friend, Julie, who's a, a, a third grade third grade teacher and I went to Julie and I said hey Julie I'm a little nervous I'm going to start teaching at this college and you know I think I'm expected to be an expert but I don't you know I don't know everything I mean so they might ask me a question that I don't know the answer to she said that's okay I said are you sure because that I don't think that sounds right I don't think that's I, I think I'm supposed to know the answer she said, no, no, no. <laughs> here's what you do here's what you do she said at the beginning of the class let everyone know that you want them to ask any question that they have and if they, if you don't know the answer to the question, that you'll write it down and you'll get back to them at the next class. And I said, I can do that. And she said, yeah, of course you can do that. She's like, why not? I said, okay, I try it. So at the beginning of every class, and I would say, hey, everyone, feel free to ask me any question you have. If I don't know the answer, I'll look it up and I'll get back to you. And they would ask me some of the most, there's questions that I wasn't prepared for. You know, I said, okay, hold on, let me, I'll write down another one. I'll write down another one. But the weird thing is, after a couple of years of doing that, someone would ask me a question and I would go, you know what? This is going to sound crazy, 
but I actually know the answer to your question because someone asked me that question a year ago and I looked it up. And so this is the answer to your question. So I feel like you're right. I feel like, you know, getting your hands dirty and just going through the process and having that humility to accept that, you know, Hey, I, you know, I, I may not have the answer to every possible question, but you know, if I don't know it, I'll be candid with you. I'll let you know. And, and I'll, I'll look into it and I'll get back to you and kind of do that process. We kind of, we kind of all grow together. You know, with that honesty, it, it almost, it's like, you know, you create a bond of respect between student and teacher in a way when you're that honest and you say, look, I'm not going to, I could make up some, some crazy answer for you, but that wouldn't do you justice. Like, let me, let me take your question seriously. I'll go find it out, find the answer and I'll get back to you. That to me just creates a much stronger bond of trust between your students. Exactly. And I feel, I feel like some of the best classroom kind of environments are one where there's uh, less of this kind of gap between the instructor and the student. I, I feel like the more kind of informal it can be, the more you can kind of reduce that, 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 that difference between the instructor and the student, the more people feel open to, you know, be vulnerable because you've kind of shown your own vulnerability. And they're open to kind of ask more questions. And, you know, I, I think, I think it, I think it helps with, with creating a, you know, an environment that's conducive to learning. And that's somebody w- once came on this show and we were talking about accountability. Um, Blake fly was his name. And he, he, he ran these accountability challenges. And one of the things that he said was his, his approach to things was, People just need two things. They just need to be, they need to feel safe and they need to feel seen, right? And as, so as long as you have those two things, if you provide those two things, then you're ahead of the game. And uh, it sounds very much like what you just said, like reducing that gap, letting people feel like it's, it's an environment that's conducive to learning in a sense that they can ask questions and they don't have to, they can feel vulnerable right? Not knowing the answer and having the courage to ask, but then at the same time, recognizing them and, and congratulating them for, you know, wanting to, to, to be there and participate. Yeah, I fully agree with that. You know, I think it's something that, you know, you make people feel comfortable and then it, that it, it creates that environment where then they feel, they feel like, you know, they, they feel safe, you know, where they can, where they can learn. So I feel like, I feel like that kind of environment, you know, exactly like he's talking about, I think that that's, you know, it, it really helps the learning process. Well, okay. So along those lines, perfect segue into the first question that we ask here, right? As okay. far as, as far as everything that you've now learned about teaching and teaching in interesting places, reducing that gap, right? Yep. That gap between the student and the teacher, right? What would you suggest if people want to become better teachers, if they want to, they want to, uh, increase the participation in their classes and get their students to just love them. Uh, what, what would you focus on first? I think the, I think the, the you know, the best thing to, to really focus on is, is to try to empathize. I think to really try to, to put yourself in the shoes of other people. And, you know, we're, we're, we're there, there's, there's four basic ways that we communicate and we learn three of them in the school. And there's one that we never really learn. So we, we, we learn how to, to read, we learn how to write, and we learn how to speak and we learn all those things in school, but then we, you know, there's, there's, there's this other piece about listening and we don't really, we don't really listen, you know, we don't really learn how to listen. Right. And so I, I think that, you know, that, 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 you know, the first step towards listening is to try to control 
your external voice. So to try not to interrupt each other. And then the next step is to control your internal voice. So, you know, think about, you know, when you had a conversation with someone, you know, maybe as they're talking, instead of, instead of listening, what you're doing is you're, you're thinking about the words that you want to say next or the response that you want to give next or the, the thing that you want to, you know, communicate or talk about next. So, you know, the first step is to control your external voice, to try to not interrupt each other. The, the next step is to try to control your internal voice. And I think the step after that is active listening, where then, you know, you're kind of, you're, you're listening to the words, the words that someone's saying, you know, and I think this, the, the next step beyond that is where you're really how to create this empathic listening, where you're really trying to put yourself in the shoes of another person. And I think, and what that means is specifically is that they're telling you, they're telling you something. And as they're telling you something, you can communicate back to them how you believe they're feeling. So then they're, they're telling you something and you can look back at them and say, you know, you're worried about this or you're feeling some, you know, kind of pressure about this particular thing, or you're feeling really excited and really happy about this thing. And they can look at you and go, you know, yes, like exactly. That's get out of my head. (laughs) (laughs) That's That's the way I'm feeling. And so I think, I think when you can, you know, when you can, when you can do that kind of empathic listening, I think that, that, that it really helps you, you know, kind of, connect with others. And so I think it's just like, like anything, right? Uh, we, it's, it, it might be a certain part ability that you get naturally. And it might be a certain part skill that you kind of have to practice over time. And the beauty of diversity is that, is that we're all different, right? And so for some of us, things like that may come very naturally. And for others, it, it may not come so naturally and that's okay. And I think one of the best ways to be able to improve your ability to listen people to people, you know, empathically is to just get out there and practice it. It's like anything else. So when you're talking with someone, you're really trying to tune in and put yourself in their shoes. And then you go, Oh, you're, you're really worried about this. And they go, no, that's not how I'm feeling at all. And you go, okay. All right. <laughs> Wrong. <laughs> so then you kind of adjust and you course correct and you go, okay, now I, and, and I just think through that process of practicing, you can start to, you know, put yourself in other people's shoes a little bit better. And I think the more you can do that, I think, I think that it, 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 it can really be helpful, you know, not just in, in teaching, but it can be helpful in, in many other aspects of your life. The uh, it's the, I love this because, because in a lot of ways, you know, there are, there are, when you just, when you're just traveling and you're, and you're dealing with people that are culturally different than yourself, it requires such a such a a much more empathetic sort of embrace. You know, you want to try and be as open as possible because, again, you when you go somewhere, you know, you you can't be someone that expects that the culture changes and shifts to them. You adapt to the culture itself. You try to integrate yourself, and that type of that type of positive embracing of the people and the way that they do things and learning, right? is is one it's it's a ama- it's amazing when you do it when you do it right because you're right in a sense that you start to you start to get that that like that feeling that empathetic feeling where when you're talking with someone you're really putting yourself into their position somebody that that is 
from a you know place halfway around the world and that's like there's magic in that it's such a yeah. it's such a, a great experience to have so i totally agree man 100 percent. and i think what's interesting just you know when you think about it culturally is that you know uh you know it's like uh, i i heard i heard I can't remember what I heard somewhere. A fish discovers water last, right? And so uh, a fish is not aware of everything around them, but they're not aware of the water because it's embedded in everything that they do. And so I think one of the interesting things about about culture is that it's 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 the normal thing. It's what is normal, right? And so I think one of the um, and that 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 normal varies from place to place and location to location, and 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 so I think one of the the beautiful things about you know. But trying to create that 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 understanding of others by listening to them empathically is that it really starts to I think help you to open up your heart and open up your mind to different ways of doing different 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 things that 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 that, that could be normal. And so I think through that process you really really learn. How has that process helped you with bachata teaching bachata? You mean just the process of kind of of of, of becoming, kind of, yeah, becoming a better teacher, right? Helping helping students maybe grasp a little bit more of because at that point it's you know it's it's not a mental thing. It's not like you're sitting down and learning physics. You're you know you have to learn how to control your own body, and you know you feel you feel awkward. I would imagine it yeah. sometimes. So how has that process of empathetic listening um, helped you with being a dance instructor? I think what's interesting is so when you're when you're when you're learning something you're in a a learning phase. So what that means is is that is that you you you're going to make mistakes. You're uh, not going to fully understand it. It's going to take some time. There might be some points that someone says that you just miss because you're kind of thinking about something else at that moment. You're thinking about the first couple of things and you're not ready for the third thing just yet. And when you're in a performing phase you are you already know all of these things all these things are very uh understood for you so when you're teaching something you're usually in a performing phase and that you know how to execute this and when you're learning something you're in a learning phase and so because there's this kind of natural difference between a teacher and you know a student i i i think that then that 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 there could be a disconnect where maybe a teacher may say something once and the student didn't fully get it so i think you know I think one of the things that you kind of learn along the way is that different people learn differently and that they may need, they may need some different, they may need to see it a few different times. They may need to hear it a few different ways. They may need to, in some way, experience it. And knowing that different people learn differently, I think that, you know, as you're teaching something, you may show something one way and about 30% of the class kind of gets it. And then you practice it a bit more, but not everyone's there. You kind of looking around and not everyone's there. And you're like, okay, okay. So then you kind of, you know, then you kind of, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe explain it a slightly, a slightly different way. And then, um, so I'll give you a specific example from Bachata. So one of the things that we do when we're dancing is this thing called a basic step. And there's different ways to show people how to do the basic step. You can, they, they do it by a certain count, which is in the music. And so you can use that count where you say, okay, we're going to step one, two, three, tap. And then we're going to go five, six, seven, and do a little tap. You can explain it like that. But then you can also say, hey, everyone, I want you to just step to the side, bring your feet together, 
step to the side, do a little tap, step to the side, the other side, bring your feet together, step to the side and do a little tap. And you can kind of, you know, so there's, there, and some people even, so when, when maybe when you show like that, they're still not really sure. So then you can go, okay, so we're going to go left, right, left, tap, right, left, right, tap. So all I'm doing is just saying the same thing in three different ways. And it may seem like it's, it might be, you know, redundant, but it's, it's different ways that you can explain the same concept. So I think just that principle of just, of just finding different ways to communicate the same message in an environment that is comfortable for, for students can help them, you know, bridge that gap between where they are right now and that next step, step in their learning, you know, that next, that next place that they're trying to get to. You're right. Like all they needed to hear was the left, right, instead of the one, two, like step. And it just clicked, you know, that's yeah, exactly. It's like, that's all they needed to hear. But, but you're right in the sense that, that, you know, a lot of times teachers just think that people will learn the way that they learn, you know, the things that worked for them. And, uh, and a lot of times you're right that that's not the case at all. Yeah, exactly. So, so I think it's, I think it's good to, you know, I mean, and that's the beauty of diversity, like we we're talking about earlier, you know, is that, is that we're all different. And so I think as, as an instructor, as a teacher, I think, I think one of the things you can do is, you know, you know, kind of embrace that diversity, knowing that we're, we're all a little bit different and we're all, you know, may, may see the world in different ways. We try to put ourselves in other people's shoes and go, okay, well, this kind of worked for a few people, this kind of worked for a few people, but there's still one or two that aren't really sure. Maybe they, maybe they need to experience it more. Maybe they need to uh, uh, see it differently, or maybe they need me to show something to them. And so then you might go over and, and talk to them. So I think, you know, by kind of doing things in a few different ways, you can, you can really help people connect the dots and go, Oh, you know what? I get it. And I, I think that that, that moment is one of the most rewarding parts of being a teacher is that, is that when you see that kind of that light in their eye where they go, Oh, I, I get it. Something that they didn't really understand five minutes ago or 10 minutes ago. Now they get it. And you see, and you go, yes, exactly. Right. Like, and they, and they, and they get it. And now they're, they're, they're ready to practice that new thing that they've just learned. That's uh you see that like twinkle in their eye, you know, <laughs> they just, where they like start to smirk and you're just like, yes, I know you yeah. understand this now. Yep. Like you feel it, you resonate with it. Uh, well, so, so, as you strive to become a more empathetic teacher, and this is a really, I love this question. This is a curious question because as you, like in your opinion, as you have applied this, I'm curious as how you would describe where someone would be in 30 days if they just tried this, if they just tried a little bit more active listening and being a little bit more empathetic, what do you think would happen if they did it consistently, just as even as an experiment? I think what's, I think the immediate benefit, and this is like anything you practice is that you, you get better at it, right? So the immediate benefit is that you start to really, you know, kind of, kind of get better at being able to kind of connect to others and to kind of put yourselves in, in, in their shoes. But I think the, the additional benefit is that you start to learn about yourself. So you start to see yourself through the eyes of others as well. And so you kind of start going, okay, okay, now, now I'm learning things. Not only am I able to kind of put myself in other people's shoes, maybe a little bit better, but now I'm starting to see that instead of just kind of looking at the world through my own perspective, 
now I'm starting to think about, you know, you know, you know, you know, how, how, how I appear as well. And so I think you start to learn, you know, about your own normal and, and what's normal for you as well. And, you know, I think that's, that's a good part of, uh, of growing and learning, you know, going and learning. It's the part of the journey, you know, it's like, uh, because you hear that all the time from teachers, right? They say, man, I learn more from my students than I think that I teach them. You know, that kind of thing where they, where you're just, you're gleaning all of these insights about yourself. It's like going to therapy. It's like having like 20 therapists, you know, (laughs) all just honing in on you. Uh, And it's, and it's such a great thing. So I, I totally agree. And it's, it's, it's really rewarding, you know, and I think that there are, you know, that there are different, you know, I think that, you know, there's, there's, there's uh, competing and, and that requires uh, a certain skill set when you're performing and competing. I think that requires a certain skill set. And then I think there's also teaching and that, that requires, uh, you know, arguably a, a different skill set. And so I think these two things could be, you know, mutually, mutually exclusive. And so it, it could be something that I think that, you know, that you, you may have, you know, some, some, some instructors that are really, you know, they're really, really good instructors, you know, but they, they, they might not be, you know, the, 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 you know, the best kind of, you know, the best kind of performers and competitors and those kind of things. And, and I think that's okay. I think that and you may have really, really good performers and competitors that maybe just in their ability to maybe kind of, uh, you know, you know, communicate and help, you know, facilitate that learning process, that maybe there's some opportunities for improvement there. So I think that these skill sets are two different, are two different skill sets. And I think that, you know, it just kind of depends on what you're more drawn to, you know, you know, if you, if you prefer more kind of performing and competing and those kinds of things, that's one skill set, but then the, the teaching is, is a little different, I think. Oh, I totally agree. Like, it, I, and as an example of this, uh, I have so like, I have so much respect for community college teachers, right? Because back in the day when I was doing the master's of mechanical engineering to get into the program, you had to learn calculus and, and you, you know, you, you end up doing a lot of your learning on YouTube, right? Because it's just, there's, there's so many perspectives, just like you said, there's so many different ways, different people teach it in different ways. And you just kind of find one that works for you. And most of the time it's a, you know, community college professor somewhere in the middle of Idaho that has videotaped all of his lessons and not only knows calculus like the back of their hand, but also has studied the psychology of how people learn and, and all of the empathetic techniques that you're talking about where they haven't forgotten what it's like to not know, you know, what differentiation is, you know, they like, they're still in sort of like a, almost a child mindset in a way. And because of that, it makes them such better teachers communicating and articulating things like that. Uh, so yeah. man, I can, I can completely relate to what you're saying. Thanks. Joe. Yeah. 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 I think it's amazing what you're doing. And, uh, <laughs> and so, so dude, this was, this was so cool. I, what are the next steps? Do you think, uh, continue teaching bachata? Are you going to compete again? Do you think, you, you know, I think for me, my, my passion is around, is around, is around teaching. I really, I really um, uh, just really enjoy, you know, just seeing people kind of connect those dots. I really, I really enjoy facilitating the learning process. So just kind of helping people, you know, kind of, kind of, kind of 
one, you know, diagnosing where they're at, kind of understanding, okay, this is where they're at right now. And then kind of helping them, you know, kind of get from where they are to that next step in their learning. I really enjoy that. And so I think for me, I think I'm more drawn to the, you know, kind of the, the, the teaching part of it. So I think, I think the next thing is, you know, uh, and, and right now, you know, with a lot of the things going on, you know, uh, in the world with the, the pandemic, you know, um, you know, it's difficult to, to, you know, we can't really teach right now in these kind of normal classroom settings. And so, but hopefully um, at some point, you know, uh, things will uh, get back a little bit closer uh, to the way they were and, uh, and hopefully we can uh, get in these classroom environments again and start teaching. I hear you. And I also hear you with the, you know, it's, you just get so much more fulfillment when you teach. It's like personally fulfilling. Like, yeah, you can, you can compete and, and some people just love that. And there's nothing wrong with that at all. But, but you're right in a sense that, that you look at people's faces when things connect and you know that you're positively affecting someone's life. Like there's no substitute for, for that. It's just a, it's an incredible feeling. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I agree. So it's, uh, I, think, I, think that's where, I think that's the path I'm going to try to continue on for a little while. Well, I tell you, considering that, um, how do people how do people find you? How do people connect with you if they've got questions? They want to talk about teaching. They want to talk about Dominican bachata. Like, uh, how do they find you? If you if you, if you have any questions, I mean, feel free to reach out to me. Uh, you can just reach me on my Instagram. I think that's fine. Uh, it's just uh, Jim uh, underscore McCarthy M C C A R T H Y underscore I I I, and that's uh, because I'm the the third. So uh, there's a couple others just like me. So, uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I tell you, you got people, you got people saying Semper Fi, Jim McCarthy. You got folks. <laughs> you got, oh man. Rachel's oh, on. She you. was watching. Thank your, you. Uh, your aunt Patty, your aunt Patty was oh, on. Aunt Patty. <laughs> <laughs> Bob Campbell was watching. Hey, yeah. So this was, this was awesome, man. I'm so glad that you came on, that you explained this. I really do think that you're, that you're spot on with the teaching. I have a lot of respect for what you're doing. And, uh, and again, man, I just want to say thanks for, for taking the time and being on the show. Well, thanks for the opportunity, Josh. Really appreciate everything you do, you know, with, with the fire builders. And I think it's, I think it's great. So, so thank, thank you very much for the opportunity to do this. Yeah, absolutely. It's my pleasure. And so, so as we sign off, um, any parting words for people before we go? I think um, I think I would just say to uh, you know I think that that everyone's on their own on their own journey and everyone you know what, so I would just say whatever whatever your journey is stay the course I think that's that's what I would say like be true to yourself that's right be true and be true to the course that you're on so 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 you know whatever it is that you want to do in your life. Whatever it is that you're going, you know, um, uh, stay the course and uh, and uh, and best of luck. I love it, man. Well, you heard it here first from Firebuilders Live. This is Josh from Key West. This is Jim streaming from Singapore. Jim, thanks again for being on the show, and uh, and thanks everybody for tuning in and listening to this episode. Again, we stream live Monday through Saturday every day, and uh, and thanks again, guys. And we will see you later. See you, Jim. Thanks, Thank you. Bye. Uh...